We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Royals Rally 2023 marches on. I'm Josh Vernier, live from Kauffman Stadium. We're one hour away from handing things off to K-State basketball here on 610 Sports Radio. If you missed... Any of our conversations, Daniel Lynch, Josh Stallmont, MJ Melendez, Michael Massey, Bobby Witt Jr., Brady Singer, John Sherman. Yeah, we've had some pretty big names on the show so far. Uh, You can find those interviews. You can podcast those interviews on the Odyssey app, 610sports.com. Just search all things Vern. Um, So that's like the name. You know, you, you, you search Fesco in the morning. Um, Cody and Gold, The Drive, After Hours, all things Vern. So so now all the post-game shows, all the hot stove shows, everything from spring training, everything from the offseason, all the podcasts, everything's going to be under all things Vern on the Odyssey app and at 610sports.com. I want to get to Adalberto Mondesi in just a moment, but of course the big news yesterday was the uh, another press conference, what, the third press conference? Uh, with Zach Greinke in Kansas City, signs a one-year deal to return for one more year in Royal Blue. Here's what MLB Network's Brian Kenny and former big league right-hander, the great Ron Darling, had to say about the future Hall of Famer Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke coming off a very good year last year, 369 ERA in 137 innings. Uh, ERA plus 100 being league average, that's an ERA plus of 111. K's per nine, Ronnie, down to 4.8 per. He's still not walking anybody, but he still seemingly knows how to pitch. I think once you get to a certain age, those strikeouts don't mean as much because you can't get them. Um, your dominance over hitters like Zach used to always be able to dominate hitters is co- like not completely gone, but kind of gone. And you look for that strikeout when you have to have it. But he's a guy that we knew. I I was hoping he'd go back to Kansas City. They have a lot of young starters. Gives them a chance to kind of, you know, do some tutoring and helping them discover their best version of themselves. And if you're talking about Hall of Fame consideration, uh, you can start with uh, career war. 60 is normally what get. If you have a 60 career war, you get into the Hall of Fame. Granky's at 71.5 right now. So he is over the line. Here's what they do. And we put up a comp here for guys with similar innings and similar ERA plus. ERA plus, by the way, takes into consideration the run scoring environment. So you can do it through the generations. And you see Messina at 30. 500 innings, a 123. Granky, 3,200 innings, also a 123. He was neck and neck with Justin Verlander. Verlander's gotten better yeah. uh, of late, but he is up there with guys who are already in the hall. And we have to embrace uh, these pitchers that took it out there like Granky did. <clears throat> 514 uh, games started, over 3,000 innings. He's within 3,000 strikeouts, 118 more. He's there. 82 games over 500. 
Um, I can go on, on and on. Three and a half ERA for his career. And I know maybe two years ago when I started bringing that up, a lot of people were like, really, Zach Greinke, a Hall of Famer? Not only now the length of the career, but you're right. You mentioned those two seasons, a 2.16 in 2009 with the Dodgers in 2015, a 1.66 for over 200 innings. Those are monster years. Those are He finished second in the Cy Young, I think, to Jake Arrieta the other year he won it. But he's basically kind of a two-time Cy Young who had like 10 win seasons, some of the greatest we've seen in the wild card era. Yes, and uh, Carlos and I were talking about it. One of the best athletes to ever mm -hmm. take the mound. He could do uh, everything. And uh, and I just, uh, I think at this point in his career, he gives all of those older pitchers that we have in this group in 2023 an idea of how to mix and match your pitches to get hitters out. Yeah, not, not only does he help other veteran pitchers around Major League Baseball, we all know the kind of influence that Zach Greinke's presence, and we discussed it earlier with Daniel Lynch, Zach Greinke's presence has inside that uh, Royals clubhouse. Man, I forgot about that 2015 season, a 1-6-6, more than 200 innings, and didn't win the Cy Young? Oh, he's special. Zach Greinke was actually asked yesterday if 3,000 strikeouts in the Hall of Fame is a, a motivating factor for him. Uh, I don't know. Some days it does. Some days I don't care at all about it, so I don't know. Here's what J.J. Piccolo had to say about well, what we were just discussing, the presence of Zach Greinke in that clubhouse. You know, talking to Zach early in the offseason, like his drive and competitive competitiveness is still extremely high. I mean, he was on a mission to get better and figure things out. But that leads into the influence he has on our staff day to day. Um, <clears throat> you know, talking to our catcher, Salvi in particular, he said there's nobody that prepares like Zach does. Um, I think we all watch him during the course of games when he's not pitching. He's very attentive to the game, and it's hard if you're a young pitcher to be around somebody who's done what he's done in the game to not pick up on that, you know, and, and I think it's uh, very influential. Um, that's part of why we thought it was important to have Zach back. Obviously, he had a good year last year, and that's the primary reason why we're bringing him back. Uh, but the secondary reason is the influence he has on young pitchers. And um, I don't think that can be overstated. Uh, you need to have that type of presence on the team and somebody they can – look to and, and depend on for some leadership uh, just with work ethic and his work ethic is next to none. I don't think there was anyone surprised that Zach Greinke returned to Kansas City. It was the expectation at the end of last season. Uh, it was the expectation throughout this offseason. Uh, but I know I was endlessly grateful that Greinke returned as I laid out in our previous hour. Greinke allows hope. Now, that might not sound like a lot. Um, well, actually, it, it should sound like a lot. Without the addition of Zach Greinke, 2023, the Kansas City Royals postseason, forget that, 2023, the Royals' winning record possibilities were hopeless. Zach Greinke, we can, we can dream a little. I laid that out with the pitching staff, but offensively, look, uh, you and I had these conversations throughout last season. I, I told you uh, probably early August that I was in, all in on the core, right? Salvi, Vinny, Bobby, MJ. Love that core. I mean, Brady Singer's in there as well, but the four position players that I, uh, that, that, that I view as everyday core pieces, I'm hoping Michael Massey joins that group. I'm hoping Drew Waters 
joins that group. I'd love for Nick Prado to join that group at some point, but for now I'd put uh, Vinny, Bobby, MJ, Salvi, and, and Brady Singer, guys that um, when the Royals win with Bobby, MJ's going to be there, Salvi's going to be there, Brady's going to be there, Vinny's going to be there, right? Uh, so it's, it's, it's not difficult, at least it's not for me, to envision this offense uh, being good enough to make August and September fun. Right? You, you don't have to think long nor hard to envision MJ Melendez having a good season. Vinny, Bobby, Waters, Massey, Salvi. But that brings me to Adalberto Mondesi. Adalberto Mondesi traded to the Boston Red Sox for reliever Josh Taylor. I got nothing bad to say about Josh Taylor. And when, when this move happened, I, I, I was not, not surprised. Um, well, yeah, you know what? I, I was kind of, I, I was surprised with, with some, uh, some of the reaction. Because the Royals aren't better without Adalberto Mondesi. You can't convince me that having him as your utility infielder, having him as your third baseman, isn't a better option than uh, what? Michael Garcia as your utility infielder, Nicky Lopez as your utility infielder, Hunter Dozier as your third baseman. I'm not trying to knock them. But Adalberto Mondesi is a big league talent. You're not better by getting rid of someone with that type of upside. You're not. Now, you might be happy as a fan because, oh, he could never stay healthy, and I'm just sick and tired of talking about him. Okay, I under, and, and we can all be emotional. Right? We, 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 we can all allow our fandom uh, to influence decisions we would make if we were in the GM's seats in the owner's seats even a lot of people in the media celebrating the trade but to me that is just a reflection that you've been in Kansas City for a while you've been following the Royals for a while you were here in 2015 you heard the promises in 2014 of what Adalberto Mondesi can be fans and media alike you heard the Francisco Lindor comparisons in 2016 you saw the freakish talent in September of 2020 and then flashes in 2019, and you're tired of it. I get it. You, you think I'm not tired of talking about Adalberto Mondesi over the past few years? Talking about, oh, what a, what a great offensive weapon he can be, and then he goes out there and hits 214? Yeah, I'm tired of it too. Emotions can get the best of me as well. And I'm hoping Josh Taylor can be a productive piece of this Royals bullpen, but he's coming off a year where he didn't do anything. He was banged up as well. You can't convince me that the, that the roster is more talented without Adalberto Mondesi, just like you can't convince me the roster is more talented without Michael A. Taylor. You can't. Now, this brings us back to that dichotomy, this, this, this internal struggle that I think so many of us Royals fans are having this season and that is I understand that there are a lot of question marks and you want to use this season as an evaluation product uh, or evaluation process I, 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 I understand that 
but this is also professional sports. It's a billion-dollar industry. And and we've dealt with losing in 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and here we go again, year six, we're going to lose again? No, I'm not going to accept that. I understand what you're saying, but I can't accept it. I'm excited to watch Drew Waters and Kyle Isbell battle it out in center field. But what if they both stink? Wouldn't it be nice to have Michael A. Taylor? We'll see what Hunter Dozier can do at third base. You know what I'm curious about? Oh, you know what? Before I get going a little crazy here, let's hear from J.J. Piccolo. Here's J.J.'s explanation of the trade that sent Edelberto Mondesi to the Boston Red Sox in return for Josh Taylor. We're trying to keep our objectives, long-term objectives in mind. One is that, you know, we want to see Bobby Witt Jr. play shortstop as much as he possibly can. And uh, we weren't going to move Mondesi just for that reason. Uh, We wanted to get something of value in return. Uh, But Bobby uh, is clearly our shortstop, and it paves the way for him to play as much as he can at shortstop. Uh, One of the other objectives was to pave the way for Kyle Isbell and Drew Waters to get as much time as they can in the outfield. I understand it. I understand what he's saying, but in no way should that be something that's embraced by a fan base or media members. I'm sorry. Can't. Cannot accept uh, getting rid of a gold glove center fielder because you want to see what uh, a 23 and a 25-year-old can do. A 25-year-old that you've been watching for two years now. You trade Adalberto Mondesi, yes, because you wanted to get Josh Taylor okay, but you also wanted to make sure that uh, Bobby Witt Jr. knew he was the shortstop. You know what that tells me? That tells me that you were nervous that Adalberto Mondesi would stay healthy in spring training, uh, be the best defensive shortstop in the organization, and earn an everyday role, either at third base or short. Okay, you want Bobby to be your shortstop? Fine. You were nervous that Mondi was going to come out and be the Mondi that we all know he's capable of being, especially in Surprise, Arizona, you were nervous that Mondesi was going to come out and be the best third baseman in this organization and that you'd have to give him that role. I don't see a reason to be nervous about that. Fine, Bobby, you're the shortstop. We're not even, okay, Mondi is the better shortstop, better defensive shortstop. Okay, fine, and we all saw it in spring training but we believe in Bobby. You can still have Bobby as your shortstop and have Mondi at third base. You had to get rid of him for that? Now, don't, don't tell me that uh, it's, it's addition by subtraction because that clubhouse, you know, Bobby and Massey and Vinny and the rest of these 25-year-old kids, they weren't here in 2015. They're not disappointed that Mondesi never tapped. That's me and you. That's us old fuddy-duddies that have been following this team for years now. Inside that clubhouse, Mondi isn't the, the oft-injured, failed prospect. He's just Mondi. Bobby's the short. A lot of the reasons you've heard over the past few weeks and months as to why Mondi needs to go or why we're glad that Mondi is gone, uh, it said fueled solely by emotion. In my opinion, not in fact. But you got to win this trade. 
Okay, so so that, that's how I feel on the trade. But now moving forward, not going to dwell on the past, going to move forward, get ready for 2023. You got to win these trades. The Michael A. Taylor trade, the Adalberto Mondesi trade. Right, we, we talk so much about hey, the Royals trying to model themselves after Tampa, after Cleveland. You know, small markets, more transactional. It's, it, it, it's fun to say those things because Tampa's had a lot of success, as has the Guardians. It's fun to say, hey, the Royals are going to model themselves after Cleveland and Tampa. Okay, well, now you got to actually go do it. You can say you're trying to do it. Now you need to execute. And what they do well is execute trades. Cleveland traded away Francisco Lindor and didn't miss a beat. (laughs) Got two players that are bringing comparable production, if not more production, than Lindor has over the past two seasons. I mentioned earlier uh, the amount of uh, fleecing that the Tampa front office has done over the years. So you got to win these trades. Okay, fine. I, I disagreed with trading big league talent, guys that make your 26-man roster better. I disagreed with trading them, but okay. Just like I would disagree with trading one of these uh, young prospects. But if you're going to do it, you got to win these trades. Cleveland does, Tampa does. You're not winning ties in free agency. If anything was abundantly clear to me this offseason, it's something that has been true now for decades in Kansas City, and that is the Royals are not going to win ties. When it comes to a free agent acquisition or someone that they seek to acquire via free agency, you're going to have to pay the bad team tax whether that's an extra year or two or an extra 10 or $12 million. You're not winning ties in free agency, so you've got to win these trades. So Josh Taylor, the two relievers he got from the Minnesota Twins, these things got to work, especially if when you make free agent acquisitions, at least this has been the case over the past two seasons, when you bring someone in, you also got to lop somebody off. Hey, you want Zach Greinke? Okay, well, we got to trade away the contract to Mike Miner. You want Jordan Lyles and Zach Greinke? Okay, we got to get rid of the money of Michael A. Taylor and Adalberto Mondesi. Guys, there are plenty of reasons for me to be excited about this 2023 season. Plenty of reasons to be excited about this nucleus of Royals baseball, not just for 23, but 4, 5, and 2026, but the 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 Getting Adalberto Mondesi out of here, uh, to me, does not make you better. That is not one of the reasons why you're excited about this 2023 season. Here's J.J. Piccolo on how Adalberto Mondesi took the news. He's excited. He's excited. I think when he found out what team, knowing that they needed a shortstop, uh, you know, he was very excited. You know, I think in his mind, without him really saying this, he wanted a clean break. He wanted a new start. Um you know, and that's, you know, understandable. And we also have Bobby Witt Jr. on the team. So he knows what's, what the competition is here. Not that he's afraid of it, um, but the depth. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
depth is good here. Uh, so this landing spot for him was good. So I think his excitement was as much because it's Boston with an opening spot right now as anything else. I just don't know how you say the depth here is good. I'm not trying to knock anyone, all right? It's not a knock on Nikki. It's not a knock on Bobby. It's not a knock on Garcia. But how do you say that the depth is good? Bobby goes, all right. Uh, nine one. If you disagree, let me know. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Brad Keller and Scott Barlow will stop by. I want to talk about another one of the off-season acquisitions. And my big question concerning the signing of Aroldis Chapman. We'll get to that. We'll also bring in big baby Brad Keller, Scott Barlow. All of it coming up next as we broadcast live from Royals Rally 2023. I'm Josh Furnier. We're inside the K and we're back with more after this. You're listening to Royals insider Josh Vernier, live from the Royals Rally at Kauffman Stadium. If you miss any of the show, everything is on demand in the All Things Vern channel at 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back inside Kauffman Stadium, Royals Rally 2023. I'm Josh Vernier with you until 2 o'clock. We'll hand things off to K-State basketball at that time. Looking at the text line real quick. Text line number 913-586-7610. Pam writes in to say that she's given the team until the end of May. If they're below 500, she's done. From the 816, Vern, you say Mondi's good, hasn't played a full season at any point in his career. Yeah, no doubt. I understand that. Um, yeah, there's no debate. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of the... Uh, unreliability of Adalberto Mondesi, which is why I think he'd be a uh, perfect utility infielder, perfect bench player, pinch runner, uh, guy that can play second, short, third, great guy to come off the bench. Right? And if he gets hurt, he goes on the IL and you replace him with someone else. I, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't. You've, you've seen some from Nikki or, or, or Michael Garcia to think that they could have uh, the impact at the big league level in 2023 that Adalberto Mondesi could? Mondi, who will be a free agent after this season so you could trade him at the deadline or just get rid of him, let him go at the end of the season. I'm not saying that Mondi should be a starter, should be given uh, a spot on the opening day uh, roster, but I'm... I, I, I don't I don't know who pushed him out, just like I don't know who pushed out Michael A. Taylor. Nobody earned uh, the, the spot over Michael A. Taylor. I understand they want to evaluate Drew Waters and Kyle Isbell, but I don't want – I want the best possible team. And I think Mondi on the bench, Michael A. Taylor on the bench, is a better team than whoever your fourth outfielder and your utility infielder are going to be. Um. Okay, uh, Vern, I said, uh, okay, I apologize. My person uh, from the 816 saying that uh, their issue was actually with what J.J. Piccolo said. Okay, gotcha. Uh, one more from the text line, 913-586-7610 from the 816. Vern, any thoughts on the Royals utilizing openers with the amount of swing pitchers they've acquired and having the Tampa Bay Rays 
bench coach as the manager. Uh, look, I'm not opposed to, to using an opener. The Royals have never been opposed to using an opener. They've, they've done it before. You know, I think Kyle Zimmer did it. Um, yeah, they, they've had they, – they, they trotted out an opener a few times over the past few seasons. The only way I can envision the Royals utilizing an opener this season is if two things happen. Number one, Brady Singer continues to be that guy, continues to be a guy that maybe gives you 180 innings, along with Jordan Lyles being the type of guy that gives you 160 innings. You know, this, this whole opener uh, phenomenon, it's, it's somewhat deceiving. The only way you can use an opener is if you have a somewhat rested bullpen. The only way you have a somewhat rested bullpen is if you have some horses at the front end of your rotation. And for as much as we want to talk about, oh, you know, plucky Tampa, they had a Cy Young Award winner in Blake Snell. They had a stud in Charlie Morton. Chris Archer was big time back in the day. You know, Tyler Glass now. Um... You know, they got uh, Shane McClanahan and Shane Boz. You know, they have studs at the top of their rotation eating up six, seven innings every time they take the ball, so the bullpen's rested. So, yeah, yeah, you can utilize an opener. An opener also speaks to lack of talent in a rotation. It, it, it's one of two things. Either you have a lot of talent, which allows you to go with a bullpen day, or you don't have very much talent and you're just piecemealing things together. Uh, The latter applies here of late. The former, not so much. Now, the former, if you want to talk about having horses in the rotation which allow you to use an opener, that's the days of Shields and Giordano and Guthrie and Vargas and Irvin Santana when they were eating up 180-plus innings. Appreciate the text. Keep them coming in, 913 586 7610. That's 913-586-7610. All right, we got to take a quick timeout. Uh, Brad Keller, Scott Barlow about to make their way in. They will join us after this. You're listening to Royals insider Josh Vernier, live from the Royals rally at Kauffman Stadium. If you miss any of the show, everything is on demand in the All Things Vern channel at 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back, Royals rally 2023. Josh Vernier broadcasting live from Kauffman Stadium. With you until 2 o'clock, we'll hand things off to K-State basketball at that time. As promised, joining us now, uh, Brad Keller, Scott Barlow on 610 Sports Radio. Fellas, I appreciate uh, you you making your way in here. Uh, You both look very good. Both look (laughs) like you're both ready for a a baseball season. Um, So you've impressed me with your physiques. Way to go. How are you guys doing today? (laughs) Doing good, doing good. Thanks yeah. for having us. What's it been like out there? It's starting to wind down a little bit. Uh, what's what's the crowd reaction been out here at Royals Rally? It's been exciting. I mean, uh, a really good turnout, a ton of people. Um, but, yeah, everybody's been excited for spring to uh, start. It seems like a lot of people are going to meet us down there and see some spring training games. And But, yeah, everybody's, everybody's super pumped for uh, opening day. And, Brad, on the radio again, as uh, you and Vinny and the rest of your teammates just continue to make my job look very easy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. It was uh, I enjoyed listening to you on uh, MLB Network, although <laughs> the, the one issue I had with it was, uh, and I brought this up to Brady, 
I mean, the the whole thing with uh, Merrifield, mm-hmm. he is going to bunt on Brady in his doubt. first at bat, yeah. and he is going to try and rip a bag against yeah. you right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, he's been saying it, it this whole offseason. He's yeah. been texting us, like, out of the blue, too. He'll just drop a text, be like, hey, this, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just – so, we, you know, it's it's been a little fun banter, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to face him. He says uh, you guys went to the uh, Georgia TCU game. Is that right? We did. Yeah. Did you go we to Michigan as well? Did you go to the Michigan Georgia or uh, Michigan TCU no. game? No. So um, I didn't go to that one. Good for uh, you. Yeah. It was, Puke. Yeah. Ah, uh, that was a tough one. I was genuinely upset after that game, yeah. and you know the Michigan or the uh, Ohio State Georgia game was right after, and that game didn't start out to mm-hmm. go out, get out to a good start. So I was like. I'm about to go out to the national championship, and neither one of my teams <laughs> right. are going to be there. <laughs> right. um, no, but it was a blast. We got to go out there, and then, uh, um, yeah, I get to watch that game, and that was, uh, that was, as a Georgia fan, that was amazing. Heck yeah. Yeah. Scott, what's your offseason consisted of? Uh, I mean, laying low for the most part. Uh, took a trip up to Canada right after, uh, right after Christmas. Uh, went to Calgary, saw a hockey game, and then went to Banff and kind of just explored around there, and, mm-hmm. uh, but mostly just taking it easy. Scott, I'm in, I want to get to get to baseball. I'm interested in your uh, motivation. Like, what 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 drives your off season? What are your personal goals? Because I mean, you've been checking a lot of boxes over the past few years. You've been knocking them dead. So how do you do it again? Uh, so that's where like even even the Canada trip. Uh, my wife kind of surprised me with that, and um, she kind of motivates me in that way. Where uh, you know, towards, you know, I would say right around all-star break, she's like, hey, you got a trip, but, you know, uh, I'll give you hints if you know you do well or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, so every time, you know, a good outing or whatever, she would, hit, like, hit me with a little, like, hint of what was going on because I had no idea what we were doing. Um, so usually that's a, a pretty good motivator right there. Mm-hmm. So what kind of personal goals, as you, uh, the, the team goals, everybody understands what, what you guys want out of the season and what fans and media want out of the season. But as, as when you've already done it at such a high level at a consistent basis, um, how do you not get complacent? What, what more do you want out of 2023? Well, even like with last year, um, you know, you could have like a good outing, but like I would be kind of nitpicky about it a little bit. Um, like even with like first pitch strikes, I'd be like, yeah, maybe it was a good inning or whatever, but, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get first pitch strikes like at any of the hitters. Like I, I fell behind and, and, you know, worked, worked, uh, worked back in the count, or whatever made my, my, my job a little bit harder and had to throw maybe a few more pitches than I needed to. Um, so I feel like it's one of those things that every time I pitch, like I'm never really completely happy with it for some reason. That's and baseball, right? It's, it's all, yeah. I mean, every single time. And so that's always a motivator and in, in off season work with, uh, Josh DeMont and, uh, throwing with him and, and just working on stuff and, you know, having, having that consistent throwing partner, you know, even during season, he watches me throw all the time mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to translate or, you know, basically replicate that in the off season, get back into it after, you know, you take some time off throwing. Um, and, you know, he kind of knows where, you know, kind of where I'm at, you know, in, in season and then trying to replicate that and try to get as close to that before spring training um, usually helps a lot. Having, having that, you know, consistent eyes on you where it's like, okay, you know who I am and, uh, you know, trying to keep me on pace with that. Sure. Brad, observing Scott over these years, what, what, what's the key to his consistency? Because everybody in the game searches for it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just he's he's a special talent out there. It's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, spins it with the best of them. Um, you know, slider and curveball. Um, any count, any time, put away, doesn't matter. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's impressive. And then, um, you know, just the durability of him every single time being available. And, I mean, uh, gets hot a lot down there and comes in the game a lot. And just to be able to be that consistent is really impressive. And um, it's a lot of fun to watch for sure. You mentioned curveball. I heard you were t- – You've been messing with one. You've 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 got one. What do we, what? How how you feeling about the hook? Yeah. So I've uh, I've been uh, messing around with one this off season, nice. trying to figure that one out. Um, it's been fun. I, I like it. It's a good challenge. Um, I kind of threw one in back in 2020 a little bit, um, and it was cool to like you know just a different um, look to a hitter. You know, I think uh, sometimes I get into a, a repeatable pattern at, at times. So um, you know, especially not really having a changeup or having one, but not really throwing it a mm-hmm. whole hour at it being effective. So um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be kind of a good little offset of what I'd normally throw. And um, yeah, I mean, I like, like I said, I like the challenge. When you sat this off season and looked back on your 2022, what did you make of it? Um, and, and what do you hope to improve on in 2023? Um, I really feel like this 2022 is a, it was a story of two halves, honestly. I feel like I did I did a really good job the first half. Um, and then just kind of after the All-Star break, just kind of didn't really – I wasn't consistent at all. And I think that's one thing that I, I really want to work on is just being consistent um, every time out there, feeling feeling good every time I go out there and throwing. And, and um, you know, the season ebbs and flows no matter right. what happened. But just try to, like, you know, not let the highs be too high and the lows be too low. Just kind of ride that middle ground and um, just get, get the team a chance to win any time I go out there. Yeah, uh is there anything to be said as far as uh, like a consistent message that's that's given to you? Because it, I don't know, maybe I'm too close to it, but there were times where I felt uh, like you were being disrespected. I don't know, like uh, whether it's from fans, media, coaches, whatever it might be. Uh, I was talking about this with with Daniel earlier. Did did was the support, uh, the encouragement there? when you needed it last season? Uh, I think through my teammates it was. Um, you know, my teammates had my back no matter what happened out there, and I think that was awesome. Um, you know, baseball is what it is. You know, you're going to go through your grinds all the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just how you respond, and I think that's what – I think speak for anyone in the clubhouse. Like, everyone's kind of gone through that, and it's just – it's all about how you respond. And so having my teammates there was, was very, you know, um, good for me, and, and my family was there also. So, like – just relied on those two, and it got me through it. Yeah, I, and I think you two are the perfect two to talk about this with because, you know, during your time in Kansas City, the, the winds haven't been a plenty. But if I came to the ballpark and either one of you were on the bump, I knew I was getting your best, and you were going to leave it all out there um, for your teammates. Scott, talking about Brad, what he's done for this organization in, you know, what, uh, 19, 20, 21, 20 – Every fifth day, give me the ball, no excuses. Uh, I think that's unheralded locally and nationally. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like every time Brad went out, like he was going six, which right. I mean, for a bullpen is like you're you're the savior, like. And for a team that needed it, yeah, a lot of exactly, times, yes. and just an absolute workhorse. Yeah. Um, I mean, and his stuff like sinker was like. Every time I watch in the bullpen or something, it's like you're playing catch. Like playing catch with him is a nightmare. Believe it. And like it's not necessarily like it's going to be in your chest, 
but it's going to go through your hand and the, your glove's going to hit your chest. Like actually, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's incredible. Um, and now that you have the curveball, like I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I think your slider is very, very good. And like every time it was on, like hard and late break and having that, like, I think that curveball having that offset of everything being hard and kind of slowing them up, like it's going to play off with that. Like, so, so good. Right. Um, so I'm excited to see the hook. <laughs> How would you guys describe your uh, – it, look, it, it wasn't a surprise at the end of the season that there was going to be some changes. There were. And now uh, Q is the skipper. you got Sween Dog as your as – your, I have not. I have not. I have not gotten the green light on, that I'm allowed to call. <laughs> Brian Sweeney's. Good, yeah, right. Sounds Brian good. Sweeney's your pitching coaches. Uh, did either of those uh, hirings, firings, come as a surprise? And how much do you think these can help in 2023? I think. I mean, even talking with Brian, like as soon as he got hired, me and Josh were in KC at the time, and you know, pretty much the day after that, he was you know in KC, and we had dinner with him and, and speaking with him and. He was basically like, hey, like, I'm here. Like, you guys just talk. Just tell me what, like, you guys think, what you guys feel. And that was, like, pretty refreshing. And, like, we were basically, like, you know, talked with him, like, you know, how do we pitch and, you know, what we kind of like before we get ready for a game, like how we go about our business and even going into spring, like, what do you guys see in a spring training schedule that works? And, you know, just being super open-minded with that and, um, you know, Q being – coming out even during our bullpens when he got a house out here and, you know, just wanted to hang out yeah. for spring before spring and just kind of wanted to get to know us and everything. So, um, you know, super excited to work with them. And, you know, every time we had video of our bullpens, you know, send it off to Sweeney and, um, you know, he's super pumped about, you know, watching us live and everything. So, uh, you know, just super, super excited. Scott Barlow, Brad Keller joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. JJ's mentioned that maybe last year – uh, got a little too uh, game plan focused. You know, that, that maybe we should highlight what you do well and you just go attack. Um, concur with what the general manager had to say, Brad? Yeah, I think uh, sometimes we might have got away from our strengths a little bit yeah. and try to go more towards hitters' weaknesses. And, you know, I think there's a, you know, a place for that. You obviously want to know what scouting reports you want to know, you know, things you can and can't throw. Um, but, you know, hitting's hard, you know, the whole cliche. And it's like, we know what pitch we want. We know the pitch that we execute well, um, and there shouldn't be any reason we shy away from that. And I think uh, at times it got to got to be um, kind of that way. But um, yeah, I mean, I th- I feel like talking with Sweeney and stuff. It seems like uh, that was that was kind of his first thought as well. Um, he's like, Let, let's let's do what you do well and mm-hmm. execute that, and then we'll you know go from there. So, do you? Guys, as, as pitchers, get as excited as me and the – I don't want to put my – I mean, I am a nerd, but I don't want to put myself into thinking that coaching changes everything. You guys are the talent. You guys are the ones that are going to be making or breaking these games out there. Uh, but there are a lot of my fellow nerds that get really excited that, oh, Tampa, Cleveland, man, the things that they've done. D- does, does that light a spark, Scott, for, for you guys, knowing the success those organizations have had? Trying to mirror some of it here in KC. Oh, 100%. Um, and even, I think yesterday, Mr. Sherman was talking, and he brought up a good point of, um, you know, saying, you know, you know, we got guys from, you know, coaching staff from Tampa and Cleveland, and we're not trying to be Tampa or Cleveland. We're trying to be the Kansas City Royals. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that makes 
it makes a lot of sense because that's those are a lot, I mean you can try to replicate and duplicate what other teams are are doing but you're never you're never going to do that um but you know having the resources okay this is um you know what they did and you know maybe take a little bit of that but in in turn you have to you know look at the players that we have um and 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 use that as you know the kind of launch pad of saying like okay this is what we have what what makes us good um and using the resources that they had there and and kind of you know applying that to make the Kansas City right. Royals um and hopefully you know people will say okay you got Tampa Cleveland what they did and now you have Kansas City okay they have a culture they have you know a game plan of what they make uh, what makes them good um so I thought that was something that kind of stood out to me yeah I was talking with uh Daniel Lynch earlier about because uh, oftentimes in the postgame show it's you know this coach or that coach he's an idiot if he gets out of here then this person will take off and okay, I can understand it to a certain extent, but there's a part of me that just believes, man, if you're telling me to do something, I think you're wrong. This is my career. I'm going to take control. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, so my question, Brad, would be uh, how much of an impact can big league coaching uh, make? Because uh, you got here without them. Mm-hmm. You got other coaches along the way. Um, but, but how much should just a new manager and a new pitching coach excite a fan base when I mean I I know who you are I know who you are how much are they going to change who you are yeah I mean I I think it's just uh you know you always hear that cliche like what makes a good coach is just relating to people I think you know maybe one coach says the same thing in a different way or something just kind of like clicks better with someone um I just think hearing a new voice hearing a new uh way of thinking and a different um way of managing um scouting and just kind of just knew everything kind of yeah. refreshing uh feeling i think that's kind of a restart to a lot of guys like kind of clears their head be like oh like this clicks better with me i understand this a little bit better um i and i you know some people will click with some people won't um obviously the analytical side has kind of became taking a, a big step forward in the, especially in pitching right um you know i think that's kind of uh where we're at where it's like that's like Sky said, we're not trying to be anybody different, but we are trying to incorporate that into who you know into our game and in, into who we are to make us better and like work on those on those things with using the technology that has now right. you know become so prevalent in our game. Yeah, Granky talking yesterday about uh, just the interpersonal skills of Matt Cotrero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could see he's got. He said he's got a pretty good chance of being a pretty good manager. <laughs> Future Hall of Famer saying you got a pretty yeah. good chance. I'll take it. Speaking of which, a, a guy that's got a uh, Hall of Fame kind of resume joining oh. you in the bullpen in a role as Chapman. How, how did you uh, receive that news? I thought it was uh, a cool opportunity. I mean, getting to you know, anytime you get you know an experienced you know late late inning bullpen guy, um, you know, brings value. Uh, having Wade Davis, Greg Holland, Trevor Rosenthal, um, you know, being able to watch how they go about their business um, is always, you know, I think a positive, you know, Um, any guy with, you know, that amount of experience um, is, you know, valued. Um, And, you know, I'm excited to see how he goes about his business, how he goes about his work, being able to pick his brain, ask him questions um, is going to be super exciting. In the rotation, a couple of uh, new additions as well, and uh, Jordan Lyles, Ryan Yarbrough joining you guys uh, as well. You're working with Yarbrough. 
Uh, you guys down there in Florida, are you still with Singer and Kowar? Are you guys having the same off-season workout? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yarbrough's now joined us as well, so it's been it's been a good. He wasn't group. allowed until he signed, and <laughs> yeah, now he's allowed like, to yeah, come. Yeah. This, <laughs> is, uh, this is our little workout group. Right, no, I'm right. Just kidding. No, he was. He's always been around, but now he's been um, incorporated a lot more with us, and and yeah, it's been fun. It's been a good time. How how was this off-season that that group working together uh, different than you know the. Uh, COVID of a, of a few seasons ago, like, are, are you guys able to be more honest with each other? Are you pushing each other anymore? Is it uh, same old, same old as far as the way you guys are putting in that work? Yeah, I mean, I think we push each other no matter what. Um, I think uh, it's a really good group. We, you know, we're really close. Um, it's not a massive. We don't have 30 guys in there. Right. It's just, you know, 10 of us. Um, Who stands us. in? Who stands in? Um, you guys have a batter stand in? Yeah, so – Kyle Tucker stood in on my last one. That was that was cool. Um, getting like a you yeah. know all star to stand in. Yeah, it's not um, too shabby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I was thinking it was just gonna be some high school. No, we, I mean we up. got we got like Oscar Mercado, Christian Arroyo, like oh, some right. you know some other guys. Like we we yeah, have like, facing yeah we're players. facing guys that we you know see in season. So um, no, it's it's really cool. Like we have we have a really good setup, especially you know last year during the the lockout. I mean we were basically running our own spring training right. down there. Like we were throwing lives like with you know all the Yankees guys because their spring trainings right there all the Phillies guys their spring trainings there so mm -hmm. it's like we had a we we have and after that honestly a lot of guys moved down there because you know it was able to be outside while you know in January with right. cleats on you know actually throwing off a mound so um a lot of guys saw value in that moved down and so it's been fun we've had a really good group and like I said we be able to you know be outside and, and actually get that kind of live feeling and kind of run, you know, see hitters in the boxes before we get to spring training and just kind of get your mind wrapped around, like, pitching again and getting your bearings back to, um, you know, where where you ever, where you want everything. So, yeah, it's been it's been fun. Brad Keller, Scott Barlow. Guys, really appreciate you swinging by. I'll see you next week in uh, Arizona, and I appreciate the time today. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, there thank you, go. you. Scott Barlow, Brad Keller, broadcasting live from Kauffman Stadium and Royals Rally 2023. I'm, I'm quick with it. I turned that off. You guys could throw those around. Nobody will ever hear it. Uh, well, I know people, more autographs. I don't know what you guys got to do. But I appreciate you swinging by. See you guys in Arizona. Uh, well, we were just discussing the, the new bench, the new manager, the new pitching coach, bullpen coach, assistant pitching coaches. There are a lot of changes. And, and one of the names, um, the, the, the lone familiar name, uh, as far as Matt Cotrero is concerned, is Ryan Yarbrough, who – you know, listening to J.J. Piccolo certainly sounds as if Yarbrough has the inside track to the number four spot in the rotation. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but Yarbrough, speaking with uh, myself and other members of the media, was asked about uh, Matt Cotrero. For those of you unfamiliar with the new Royals manager, here's what one of his former and, well, current pitchers had to say about his style. He's he's great. Honestly, I think I've had him every year in the big league, so... Um, just his presence. He's got that really calming presence. He's really intelligent, really knows what he's doing, really personable with the guys, can really relate to people. Um, and I think that's really what you look for and no one who's going to, uh, you're going to look over into the dugout and nothing's going to affect him or not. He's gonna, not going to ride the wave per se. He's going to be really consistent with who he is as a person. Um, and I think he's going to do great. Honestly, we were, we're just really, we were really excited for him to, to finally get an opportunity. I know he's been, um, kind of a name who's been thrown around the last couple of years. So for him to finally get that opportunity, I think everyone is really excited for him. Um, and then obviously bringing over Paul Hoover as well. 
is going to be big for them too because he I think he did a great job in Tampa as well. Bench coach Paul Hoover of your Kansas City Royals. Now, okay, so Ryan Yarbrough, we talked about Jordan Lyles earlier. Uh, Aroldis Chapman, the other of the, I, I said, hey, I'm not showing up if you guys don't sign three new pitchers. Uh, did I, did I did I want uh, one of them to be uh, uh, Sean Manaya? Yeah, you know, Jamison Tyone. Sure, okay, Kyle Gibson. Yeah, uh, but like I mentioned earlier, you're not winning ties. I would have given Manaya that contract. I would have given Kyle Gibson that one-year deal. Uh, I don't know if I would have paid him more money than what they ultimately got, uh, which means again, Royals are not winning ties right now you got to overpay in years or overpay in money or do what it appears they're going to do and that is treat 2023 as an evaluation season preparing for a hopeful postseason push in 2024 that's what it appears I'm not on board with it I demand wins in April and May I'll wave the white flag when and if it's needed but I'm certainly not going to wave the white flag to start the season so let's get to a role this Chapman. My big question with Chapman is what is his motivation? Is this just a end of the career money grab? Let's put up some saves, try to get into the Hall of Fame, uh, not really pay much attention to my teammates, not tug on the same end of the rope. What is it with a role this Chapman? What is his motivation? Here's what J.J. Piccolo had to say. What his agent shared with us is, and a confirmed it, you know, he's He's, he's a in phenomenal shape. Uh, he really has hardly any injury history and really believes that he can pitch until he's 40 years old. Um, so what, knowing that he's not trying to finish out a career, he's motivated to finish a career strong over the next four to five years. Um, so, you know, what good agents do is they try to find the right matchup. Where, where can this be the best fit? He had opportunities, um, it, you know, from what I've been told to sign with some clubs that may be further along in their timeline than we are. Uh, but the opportunity on a one-year deal for Roldis to rebound was best for us, or best in Kansas City. And I think that's why his agents identified Kansas City as a great spot for him. Uh, you know, he and Salvador Perez have a good relationship. Um, you know, they, they work out a little bit together in the offseason. Uh, we leaned on Salvi quite a bit uh, throughout this, not only about the, the character piece, but also do you believe that Aroldis can bounce back? And Salvi is really excited about it. Actually, Salvi initially said, I, I don't think he's going to come to Kansas City. It's J.J. Piccolo. Okay, Salvi vouched for him. I'll do the same. K-State basketball is coming up next. Chris Hudocero, thank you very much for the help today. I'll talk to you guys in Surprise, Arizona. Take care. You're listening to Royals insider Josh Vernier, live from the Royals rally at Kauffman Stadium. If you miss any of the show, everything is on demand in the All Things Vern channel at 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Your home for Royals baseball. 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.